0: Church in the village. First Sunday of Advent. It's Christmas time. So will you guys stand, uh, greet each other, maybe share a little one of your favorite Thanksgiving foods you had over the over the last week.
1: Well, welcome this morning. You can be seated real quick for a couple announcements. Um, really, the, the biggest thing you need to know, we have our Village Crossing this week at the Ministry Center. Um, we'll be on Chapter 6 of, um, of our book that we're reading, Through the Eyes of a Lion. Um, really good book. If it's a book and you've not really been a part of this that you would like to do, it's, it's how to deal with some, not just loss, but how to deal with just kind of things that aren't going your way. Um, and it's about a, a man and a, a woman that lost their their child um, one Christmas, and but he gives you life lessons about kind of how to not use that, but what God may be working through you in that. And uh, so if that's something that you would like to read, let me know, and I will um, I can get you a copy of that. So that'll be this Thursday at 630. Um, Tuesday, December 7th, if you just want to come out and be a part of it or if you want to help out, um, us and Valley Cares and Valley Real Estate, Craig Harris, will be putting on a kind of meet to Santa night at the old Pizza Hotline, kind of like the last official thing that's gonna happen at Pizza Hotline. Um, because I think in January it finally goes through and we won't have that anymore. Um, um, so kind of last thing, a little party for that as well. We're gonna serve hot chocolate. Um, got somebody gonna lead us in some Christmas music this, um, again this year. And uh, so if you want to come out for that, I believe it's from 5 to, don't hold me to that, but I think it's like from 5 to 7.30, 5 to 8, somewhere around there. If you'd like to help serve hot chocolate, just let us know, and we'll schedule out some time for that. Um, so that's Tuesday, December 7th. And then on December 18th, which is a Saturday at 9.30, I told Nicole I was going to, she goes, well, you should split the time between men's breakfast and women's breakfast. And I said well men's breakfast always eight thirty and we're done by like ten o'clock and we have the rest of the day, but Nicole is my wife, and she's going to win out and um so so at nine thirty um, at nine thirty we will be meeting at the ministry center for a family breakfast that's for everybody, so if you want to come out um it'll be a good time we'll be brief, um just kind of a good fellowship time and and so come out for that and then that following Thursday will be our Christmas Eve Eve service in here at 6.30. Um, we typically like to keep that around a half an hour, 40 minutes long. And um, bring we've got plenty of space, so bring your family and friends, um, and we'll have a special treat for you as you're leaving that night. And then, con, not consequently, but since we'll have worship that Thursday, that Sunday, the 26th, we won't be missing, meeting that Sunday. So that's kind of what's going on in December. Um, I'm going to pray real quick, and we're going to keep worshiping, and, um, and then we got a little quick video kind of explain, I'll explain kind of what Advent is here in a little bit. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Lord, I thank you just for you. I thank you for a week where um, I was able to spend some time with my family, um, some time with, with loved ones, but also some time just um, <clears throat> relaxing a little bit. Um, Lord, I'm thankful for that. And as we're entering this, just not just Christmas season, this Advent season where we intentionally start putting our focus back on you, let us do that here this morning in this service. Let us be able to just seek you this morning. Whatever's happened this last week, whatever we may have coming up this next week, or whatever thing that we're dreading, Lord, or, or the thing that is just weighing our minds Lord we give that to you this morning we know that you're not just a God that makes some things happen you're, you're a miracle worker you're a provider you're whatever we need and in the form of Jesus Emmanuel we have God with us now we have, we have the completion of what you promised Abraham. The hope that comes with the faith in you. So Lord, this morning we will celebrate that. We always invite you here with us. Lord, so send your spirit down this morning. Work inside our hearts, our minds. Or open our ears and our eyes to how you're working this morning. Use us, Lord. Fill us up. Do something we've never seen. We ask this all in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
0: You stand with us as we worship. like a fun time to kind of transition into christmas time so not too much christmas music this morning just really that first song but i love how i don't know as you grow in christ and you grow in in your journey reading the scriptures you kind of see how it's all tied together and i remember this moment specifically when i was like in my 20s And I was reading the Old Testament and I was like, wait a second, I think they're talking about Jesus right now. And it all just started to, the puzzle pieces started to fit into place. And they were talking about the Lion of Judah and the Promised One. And so it's amazing that kind of if you think about it, every worship song is a Christmas song because we're singing about the Savior. And so as we sing these next couple of songs, I know they're not Christmassy, (laughs) but we are singing about the one who is the greatest gift that could ever be given. So as we lift our voices and quiet our minds, make some time and some place to be present with God, just remember the greatest gift that you were ever given was Jesus. And truly meditate on what that means. What it means for you personally, the things that he saved you from, the blessings that he's given you. Maybe as we walk through this Christmas season, we can focus on him, keep our eyes on him instead of all the craziness around us. So we're going to sing this song. It just says, I will make room for you. And that's really what we're here to do this morning. Now. This is my surrender. be the cry of our hearts today, Lord. You would have your way with our lives. Lord, I pray that we would surrender to you, to your will, to your truth, that we would just give in to you this morning, God. Whatever you're calling us to do, calling us to forgiveness. Maybe you're calling us to lay down something that's just getting in the way of us knowing you and loving you. Maybe you're calling us to be bold and have a conversation with somebody about the gospel and your truth. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray that we would surrender to you. I pray that you would have your way. We love you, Lord, and this is all for your glory and for your name. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
1: It is Christmas time. Kids, you can head on out or they they can stay in here. It don't matter. Um, You guys are going to a new place today. You're actually going to go behind the stage. um, To explain kind of what these candles are, we do them about every year. These are called advent candles. And uh, we don't have real candles because I don't want to burn a place down that's not mine. And there's a lot of uh, sprinkler systems up there. Every white dot you see is like a foam system. And if we set those off, it'll be it will be crazier than a foam party in Cozumel, Mexico. <laughs> It'd be foamy in here. But, but um, what Advent is, is it's just an expectancy of what Christmas should be. And that expectancy is, is, is the arrival of God with us, Emmanuel. And, and there's five candles here, and there'll be five kind of videos that we show throughout the Christmas season, which is called the Advent season. And the candle that we're going to light today is the Hope Candle. Um, you go hope, peace, joy, love, and then the fifth candle is Jesus. And uh, we have a nice little fancy um, remote control that lights our candle, but we're going to light the hope and the expectancy of what Christmas brings. And, and we're still going to be in Galatians. You might be like, well, how are we going to be in Galatians and kind of talk about Christmas and all that kind of stuff? Well, hopefully it kind of, you guys will kind of see, because really the the Bible in itself... When you start reading it, and you start reading it as a story that is a continuous story from Genesis to Revelation, all points back to Jesus. And where we fall today in Galatians 3 really is the ultimate hope that we have, right? And see, contrary to what Brody and Lily and Nicole believe, I really do love Christmas time. They think I'm a Grinch because I don't. Put up Christmas lights before Thanksgiving. I don't. I don't sing, Let them listen to ninety three three after Halloween. I, I like to celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving's a, a moment. Like I always tell Brody and, and Lily, you'll never be grateful for what you get at Christmas if you're not thankful for what you already have. And that's my whole point about Thanksgiving, and they're like, well, no, you just hate Christmas. And I'm like, no, I don't hate Christmas, I like Thanksgiving. I think it gets a bum rap. It comes right before one of the best holidays. But I do love Christmas. I love the anticipation that comes with Christmas. I love, we put our lights up. I got the tree down on Friday like I do every year. Nicole beat the system this year and bought a new tree, so she put it up before Thanksgiving. So she beat my system. She had a tree up, but I wouldn't let them put ornaments on. So they put their ornaments on Friday, and we kind of decorated our house. We got all our um, nutcrackers. We're a nutcracker family. We have 60-some nutcrackers, probably close to that. She always says I'm over high on my, my, she says 30, I say 60. We'll we'll go in the middle, 50. And uh, (laughs) we buy one a year. We got a bunch when Brody was young, so we buy a nutcracker a year, and um, so we got all our nutcrackers out, and we, got, we bought a new little globe light. I'm not, I'm not one of these fancy guys that get up there. I'm not Clark Griswold. Um, I went by Jenny and um, Ryan's house, and they have the white lights, and they're perfectly strung on it. And it's just like it's beautiful. I just buy a globe, and it just puts up whatever it is. It's got snowflakes this year. so um, And then we put some a few things. But we got our stuff out because I really do love it. Um, I love the anticipation if I buy a gift for somebody, and I know it's one of those. We talked a little bit about that last week. Like if I buy a gift and I know it's that gift. Nicole's already received two of her gifts for Christmas because I can't. I can't wait. I'm not patient. I give like I bought her just this little cheap penny keychain that has our merit, that has our wedding anniversary on it, and it's got the year and it's got a heart like somebody kind of whatever they do around the penny around the year and it has our date and it says I still do and So I mean great right and I just couldn't hold off I had to give it to her the anticipation of the gift that I'm giving right I'm just saying that just so I look better in everybody else's eyes and partially because I watched a hundred hours of football the last four days and I'm trying to get back in Nicole's good gracious that I've had football on for four straight days and um, but I can't wait sometimes to give a gift. There's a gift. There's a gift that the kids are getting. I can't wait to give them. Brody's like, "Well, give it to me today." Not going to happen, bud, right? And it's just anticipation. You see, and too many times on our journey, see, we will focus our attention and we'll get we'll get impatient at times on what we get from God. The blessings, right? We'll we'll get so impatient for blessings that God gives or something we've been praying for, something that we've been asking for. And we get impatient and we'll put all our attention what we get from God, right? And, and we'll think about, these are the things that I get and I want all this stuff, but in reality, it's more about Him who gave it. See, the blessings are great, the gifts are great, all this stuff's great, but you've got to understand it's the giver that gets the praise, not the blessing. And see, on our journeys, we'll put so much towards, and it's just sort of like Christmas time. The gift gets the glory, right? But really, the giving is what Christmas is all about. So in Galatians chapter 3, we're going to read verses 15 through 18 this morning. In 15, it says, to give a human example, brothers. Now, remember last week, we talked about the law, right? And, And how Jesus became the blessing of Abraham. And so 15... Paul tells the Galatian church that, to give you an example of what we talked about here, a human example, even with a man-made covenant, a man-made promise, a man-made contract, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. Notice that, offspring, not S on end. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. And your offspring, who is Christ, this is what I mean. The law came 430 years afterwards. It does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God. So as to make the promise void, verse 18, for if the inheritance comes by the law, it is no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. So that sounds like a lot of lawyer talk, and really what Paul is providing here is a human example. It's for something for us to look at, almost like a lawyer would give evidence in a a case. And so he gives us this human example, and it's right here in the middle of chapter 3, where he talks about, at the beginning of chapter 3, is it by faith or is it works of the law? It's by faith that we have this relationship with Christ. And then he talks about the righteousness lived by faith. And so he gives us this example, and he shows Abraham. And he shows that God's promise didn't come through the law. God's promise didn't come through all these legalities, all these ways that we have of, of using our own behavior to get closer to God, right? He said the law came 430 years after God's covenant with Abraham. So we've got to understand what that covenant means. A covenant isn't really just a promise. A covenant really isn't just a contract. A covenant between God and man is, it is it's not a contract of how we live, but it's a contract of what we get, if that makes sense. God says this is what we have. And, and so this covenant that Abraham, that, that the seed will be blessed through your offspring, came 430 years before the law was even given to Moses. But you see, we come from this wor- worldview. We come from a political view. We come from a doctrinal view of, of governments where we can amend any covenant that's ever been made, any law that's ever been made. Think about it. We, we watch con- Congress, well, well, we can amend that. We can put amendment to this. That's why we have the Bill of Rights and the amendments, right? There's things that we can amend. So in our brain, in a Western worldview, and we talked a little bit about Western worldview last week, but in a Western worldview, we don't get this. Like, well, if I don't like that part, I'll just amend this part to it. You see, it, this worldview... Once a covenant was made, there could be no additions to it at all. So when God says, I made this covenant with Abraham, the law wasn't an addition to it. It doesn't annul that covenant. It now brings the covenant to fruition. So the promise of grace and the faith that comes with it is first and foremost above anything the law will ever provide. Now, I'm not talking about our law. I'm not talking about, you know, what we follow in the Constitution, what I'm talking about is the law that was given to the Israelites, and we've got to understand that grace will always be more than whatever the law provides. So two questions as I get going this morning in is, and the first one is, what is the promise God gave Abraham? Notice there's a capital P on that. That'll be important here in a second. And the second one is, how does that promise affect us? So what is the promise that God gave Abraham? And it's simply an offspring. See, I love my kids with everything that I have. I love Brody and Lily. I throw Simon in there as well. I guess dogs are kids as well. And um, Nicole loves Simon more. I said he she's, Simon is the favorite male in our household, um, and, it, and it is not even close at all. I come up I was watching a little bit of football last night, and I come upstairs. I'm like, hey, bud, you ready to go to bed? And he is laying right on my pillow like a man, like head, back, everything. And I'm like, guess not, man. I'll go back downstairs watch football, right? But I love my kids. And there's times that I'll look at my kids and I'll be like, these are my kids. i look at them in the face like I'm looking right now at Brody and I'm looking at probably more like 11-year-old me. I grew a little bit earlier than Brody. I still haven't grown. I'm the same height as I was when I was 12. So I peeked out at 12. Brody's got to—he's got some time to go. Dusty's shaking his head, yes. Peeking at 12 is not fun. You think your life is going to be way different when you're a sixth grader, and then you don't grow an inch more. I wish I would have kept my shoes because they're all back in style. They're the same size. But, um, but I look at Brody, and I'm like, that's my son. There's no way that you can't look at Brody and say, that's not. And you look at Lily, and you're like, there's no way that that's not Nicole's daughter. You can just look at it, like our physical appearances, you can say, that's my kids, right? But in reality, it's if you have to watch them, it gets flipped, right? Looking at them, you're like, yeah, that's Eric's son, that's Nicole's, that's Nicole's daughter. But if you watch them behave, you realize that Brody is Nicole's son and Lily is my daughter. And what I mean by that is, is Brody is a little bit more cautious like Nicole and Lily is just like, let's go. I don't care, I'll think about consequences later. And uh, she is way more like me, Brody is way more like, but there are offspring. You can see them and you know that there are kids. See, offspring defined as this, a child or animal in relation to its parent or parents or a descendant. See, we typically think this way of an offspring, my kid. Right, we, my, my son, my daughter, you know, a direct individual that comes from a set of parents, but the term in the Greek that Paul uses here is more related to down the line. So it's not just an offspring, it's somebody that's part of the family, right? And so when we think of Abraham and we think of Abraham, Abraham's offspring we think of Isaac who got all the promise of Abraham but that's not true the promise became fulfilled through Jesus Christ see the the important part of this verse is is that it's not offsprings it's not descendants it's not it is a plural or it is a singular form of the word offspring and that is the most important part that we got to understand when it comes to Christmas time Genesis 17 tells us that I'm not going to go there just yet Nicole See, Jesus was the descendant that Paul was talking about. This was the singular offspring Genesis foretold when God said, to, said the offspring of Isaac would bring the everlasting covenant. Now this is 430 years before the law is given, thousands of years before Jesus even sets foot on the earth, and Jesus, or God looks at, Mo, at Abraham and says, "Abraham, there will be an offspring." That will be an everlasting covenant that you will bring blessing to the world and the world that's to come. And his name is Jesus. You see, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is where we become covered by the covenant. If you're not a follower of Jesus, here's the thing. You're not under the covenant of blessings of God. You're not under the covenant of forgiveness of sin because Jesus is that covering. His death, burial, and resurrection is how we get this relationship with God in the first place. You see, because of this covenant's offspring, not only do we have a relationship with God, we become a co-heir with Jesus. We become a family member. Not just a family member, not just a a family member that gets some of the blessings, some of the inheritance, right? A co-heir means you get equal blessing of the inheritance, We are co-heirs with Jesus because of what He did for us on the cross. Genesis 17, 19 says this, God said, and He's talking to uh, Abraham here, No, but Sarah your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. What God's telling Abraham is, in the faith of that offspring that's coming, you will now have everlasting life. And for us who live after A.D., right, after Jesus' descent back into heaven, after all this, the of 2,000 years after Jesus went back to heaven, what that everlasting covenant means now is, is now those that follow Jesus have everlasting life. We have a reward one day when we go to heaven. That's our everlasting life. Death doesn't hold us. The everlasting promise of God is eternal life with Him. Don't miss the fact that we don't, we, yes, we get a glory, glorious home in, in heaven, and we got roads of gold, crystal seas. Now understand what I mean by that. Matt. Matt's already thinking, I'm going to fish. I'm going to fish all day at the crystal sea. Understand what this picture of heaven understands. What we value here on earth is only worthy of us to walk on. Think about that for a second. It's no different than the road we're going to drive on. So gold that we value here on earth is what we drive on. It is the gravel asphalt of of glory. But what we get, what the prize that we get is a life eternally with the creator of the world. Through this offspring that was promised. That's what we get eternally as followers of Jesus. You see, it's through this offspring of Isaac in the form of Jesus Christ. And it is faith in him alone that allows us to be in that covenant. Tim Keller puts it this way. It is not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. Everybody in this room sat down in a chair. I'm looking at you right now. Everybody in this room, that's 100% sat down in a chair. I didn't get to see most of you sit down, but I didn't see a lot of people shake that chair. You just sat down. It's new. It's like a year old. So you're thinking, this chair is going to hold me. See, the object, the faith isn't in the object, right? It's, 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 it's not your faith. It's the object of what you put your faith in. You want to say, I want to have stronger faith, then what are you really believing? Are you believing in your ability to get yourself to God? Are you believing in a God that came to us in the form of a baby, Emmanuel, who saved us through his death, burial, and resurrection? That's the strength of your faith. So watch the promise God gave for him? His offspring through Jesus. And what's that? What's that? promise affect us How's that affect us it's hope it's hope there's a lot of things i will use the term hope for i hope it's an easy day more work or some of you guys are thinking that i hope it's an easy day right or i hope things get better at work or i hope things uh, there's a lot of things i use this term hope for a lot of useless things as well i really hope that mcdonald's brings back the mixed skillet breakfast burrito Anybody know what the mixed breakfast burrito is? If you don't, then you missed one of the greatest breakfast meals that you've ever had in your life. It had potatoes, it had like fajita, like peppers and onions and sausage, and it was the best burrito I've ever ate in my life from McDonald's. I remember one time we were, Brody was young, it was Easter time, spring break time, I got two and was done for the day. We were at the beach, i Skill. I really hope they bring that thing back. You see, the term hope we use for a lot of things. See, a lot of times on our journey, we'll use that term hopes for our wants and our desires. I want to hope this. I hope this. I hope God wants me to do this with my life. I hope God does this for us. I hope God does that. But the hope Jesus provides isn't about wants and desires. This hope that Jesus provides, Provides is the hope of the world because he has opened the door that our sin closed with a relationship with God. Think about that for a second. Closed doors. I'll tell you why. We have always slept with our door open at night. Always. For one reason, one reason only. Our cat wants it that way. I know, you can laugh, but that's why. So for 17 years of our marriage... We have slept with the door open because our cat wants it that way. So, so I know what this means. I know now this open door with God, right? Some of you guys know I shut the door at night. i got to have the door shut. See, sin did that with our life. It shut the door between a relationship with us, us and God. See, the law paints a picture of us always having to get up and open the door to God. So when we'd shut our door, our cat would be out there, and she has the most annoying meow you'd ever hear in your life. It's a loud, like, bossy meow. I know, you can laugh at that. It's my cat. I'm, I'm ready for her. She's 19 years old. She's lived a good life. It's time. I say that a lot, because <laughs> this week's been a crazy week with my cat, right? But she has this loud meow, right? And she's, she's always reaching under the door or, or patting the door trying to get in. She's weird. But you see, this is what the law tells us is that like through the middle of the night, if I shut my door, I gotta keep getting up and let door in. Or if she wants to get out, I gotta let her out, right? The law paints this picture that we gotta continually go to the door and open it up for God to work in our life. That I keep got to do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, so I can get the door open for God. But you see. Jesus knocks and once we follow it's open forever. See, I learned that lesson a long time ago. If my cow just sleep with the door open. I don't have to keep getting back up. See, Jesus knocks, we follow, the door is open, and there's a relationship. That's why when you read the, the crucifixion story, there's a little part that we look over a lot, and it's about the veil to the Holy of Holies, where the priest would go once a year to make an atoning sacrifice for all the people. This veil was probably 12 feet tall, probably a little bit more than 12 feet tall, probably two, an inch and a half to two inches thick, like velvet, like this. And the Bible tells us as soon as Jesus breathed his last, the curtain ripped from the top to the bottom like God said, it's open now. The door is open. Revelations 3.20 says it this way. Behold, this is Jesus telling John in a dream, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. See, the hope in Jesus is that he knocks and invites to be a part of his life everlasting. And the hope we are to carry is for us to knock on the doors of people's hearts and invite them into our lives. See, Jesus says that in Revelation 3.20. I I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The knocking isn't just an invitation to everlasting life. It's into a relationship, a relationship of, like, community. A relationship of, I'm going to eat meals with these people. Think about your Thanksgiving meal. Some people may have had some Friendsgivings, right? And I was talking to Dusty last weekend. He had, like, eight of them. I'm just joking. Like, like three three or four of them friends givings and thanksgivings those people that come to those those are part of your community and what jesus is saying here i'm knocking to come in not just to come in and say hey follow me and you get this gift i'm coming in to live in community with your life and that's what we're asked to do with our lives we're asked to knock on the doors of people's hearts so we can show them the hope we have in this world, but not only the hope we have in this world, that they get to be a part of our lives and we get to be a part of theirs. Henry J.M. Newman says it this way, Jesus invites us to abide in his love. That means to dwell with all that I am in him. It is an invitation to a total belonging, to full intimacy, to an unlimited being with Think about that. Just being with somebody. The light of the Spirit reveals to us that love conquers all fear. So I'm going to ask Jen to come back up. This is what the offspring of Abraham delivers in hope. It's that unlimited being with Jesus. We have physical limits of our lives. We can't just unlimitedly be with people all the time. But this is what we get. This is the offspring promise that we get that God threw with Abraham at the covenant. It's almost like if you look at the Old Testament, it means Old Covenant. It's like the Law Covenant, like the Mosaic Covenant. And then the New Testament is supposed to be New Covenant through Jesus Christ. But the New Covenant is really the Old Covenant promised to Abraham. We get Jesus, and now we get to be Jesus. I'm not saying we're going to sacrifice our life, but we get to show the hope and love that Jesus is. So let us start the Advent season with celebration of the offspring of Abraham. Let us worship Jesus with our lives together and invite the world to the hope we have in him. See, that's that's more than just saying, hey, I want you to come to church with me. It's like inviting people into your lives. But to invite people into your lives, it's not just you getting all their deep, dark, dirty things. You've got to be able to show them your deep, dark, dirty things, the things that you struggle with. It's got to be those, those things that you're saying, hey, listen, I'm here with you. I'm walking with you through this life. That's what the promise of the offspring of Abraham and Jesus did for us. He took all our grime, all our deep, dark secrets, he took everything that we had, and he actually laid himself on the, lot, on the cross with those on him. So as we celebrate hope, and as we invite people to come into this journey with us, let us finally break free to life that is free to live in Him. Not just free to live in Him, but free to live with Him. So two questions as I'm done this morning and the first one is this is it time for you to grab hold of this covenant are you here this morning maybe you're watching online this morning and you're just saying man I, I know Jesus I know a little bit about God but man it's tiring sometimes because I feel like i got to prove myself to God then you're not living under that covenant you're living under the old covenant of Moses, where you're having to get up and you're having to open that door all the time. You're having to get in there and say, well, here come, God. I, I'm coming again. I'm sorry. I messed up. I'm asking for forgiveness. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll make sure this is better. Don't miss the fact of the promise that when Jesus says, I'm knocking on the door, he's not just knocking all the time they'll come in. What he's really knocking is is to say, I want you to leave the door open. If you grab hold of this covenant of the offspring of Abraham that is in me, you get this blessing of the door between you and God's always open. And there is nothing, as Romans eight thirty-eight through 39 tells us, there is nothing above. There is nothing below this earth. There is no one inside this earth. There is no one good enough, bad enough, Anything that will ever separate you from the love of God. Look it up yourself. That was my translation. Romans 8:38 through39 tells us this promise, as Paul is writing to the church in Rome, that there's nothing, nothing, once you open that door that separates you from God's love. Nothing. So are you ready to grab a hold of that covenant? If that's you, just reach out to me. the second question is simply this and I I think of my life and it's a question I probably need to ask myself more are you out there knocking on doors not physically we live in a world that if I go knock on somebody's door they're going to see my face because everybody's got ring doorbells and I'll probably do something I'll end up on it who's this creepy guy in my house here's what I mean Are you living a life that is available to people? Are you knocking? Are you saying, hey, I'm here. I want to share life with you. It might take some things that you got to cut from your schedule a little bit. It might be showing what value is. We talked a little bit about value last week. What you value in people. And I'll be brief with this. (laughs) I was talking to somebody this week and actually Craig Harrison, I firmly believe that three things have happened like we fall in three camps because of what's happened in the last year and a half, two years. Some of us have just grabbed a hold and just trying to do everything I can before the world shuts down again. Some of us, haven't really cared, they just kind of kept living their life out. And the third one is, some of us have just decided, I'm going to serve until I can't serve anymore. Now let me tell you, those three camps will lead to an exhaustion that you'll never, you'll never get over. I found myself this week thinking, man, I'm exhausted. But here's why I've been exhausted. I've been serving without the intentionality of, of opening my life to people. I've been serving as my getaway. I've been serving as, man, this is my release from, from the things that's happened in this world. And, you know, some, some have grabbed hold of, of, of sports, activities, all those kind of things. Others have just said, well, I'm just going to live my life. I'm just gonna be my life. But here's what, why it's exhausting. We have been called to a life of community. Go ahead and read Genesis 1, 2, 3. The biggest disaster that happened in the fall of Genesis is we lost a community with God. And we were created to live in community. And when you serve with just the intentionality to serve, you forget that you're supposed to be in life with each other. Even the family's life. You blow through your family. I'm not saying I blow through my family, but what I mean by that is just getting things ready this morning totally forgot something. Because I was just focused on this. Are you knocking on doors? Are you intentionally leaving time for people to be a part of your life? Are you willing to say, you know what? That's not really important. I think this is more important. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand. I'm going to pray. We'll sing. And we'll be done for the day. But understand that I'm always open I try you know, you shoot me a message through social media you can shoot me a message through our church social media but it's time that we need to realize that especially during this Advent season not to get so busy that we forget that we have the hope of this world and we need to knock a little bit and say hey got some hope for you father we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy lord we thank you for the gift of the offspring that you've given us and your son jesus christ we give we give you so much praise and and worship for the hope that comes in that the hope that we have an open door relationship with you and the father in heaven let us never take that lightly. Let us never forget the hope that's inside of us. And let us quit worrying about getting up and opening that door to you and live in that celebration of having an open door with you. We give you the glory for what you're doing in our lives. And let us be open to show that to people. And We ask this all in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Guys, for joining us this morning. Um, was I not on the whole service? Yeah, that's, that's weird. Well, nice. Oh, well, awesome. Huh? I think sometimes me and Jen's, uh, like her wireless guitar, get crossed, so I might be in that. But uh, um, I did forget one thing. Um, I didn't send Brody for offering, so if you want to give this morning, Brody, be out, outside the door there. Um, If you need anything this Christmas, or if you know anybody that needs anything this Christmas, let us know. We've been kind of blessed with some donations, and uh, we'd like to help some people out. So have a great Sunday and a great start of your Christmas season.